Welcome to the Kick and Chase podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Premier League. By breaking down each game week, reflecting on team and player performances, we'll make sure you're up to date on all news and analysis. Addressing the best FPL moves and adjustments will also have your team ready to rack up points in the upcoming round of fixtures. Without further ado, let's get stuck in. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Kick and Chase podcast, episode 13. It's now April 7th. Last episode was March 18th. A little cheeky little international break. Got to see the uh, Euro squads on display for the World Cup qualifiers. A lot of shit going on over the last week. Juan, uh, how's it going? I'm doing pretty fucking well. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. A uh, bit of a cheeky Arsenal loss on the weekend. I wasn't too happy about that. But besides that, the mood's the mood's good. Yeah, you know who Arsenal lost to? The fucking the Liverbirds. So... We're definitely gonna talk about that one. Yeah. What'd you think of the? Uh, do you want to wait? Wait, wait. Before we get into Liverpool Arsenal, do you want to dive right into the fucking surprise of the weekend or no? West Brom. Yep. Uh yeah. I mean, Tuchel hadn't. I don't think Tuchel even conceded yet at Stamford Bridge or even in general since he took over Chelsea. So this not only was their first loss under Tuchel, but also their first time conceding at Stamford Bridge, and they conceded. Five, mm. so I was a bit nutty. Didn't expect, but they that. also they also lost to Thiago Silva to a double yellow. Yeah, that was pretty so, disgusting. How old is he now? Like 36, 37? Uh, that's a great question. I think he's like thirty two. No, he is thirty six. Wow. I said in our Way chat, arguably one of the most experienced players in in the Premier League in terms of years playing professionally and, and big uh, tournament games that he's been in, Champions League, World Cup, whatever. Like, he shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. And, like, that ended up putting Chelsea on the back foot, like, not even 20 minutes in. So that just set them up for shithousery, which is what went down. I wanted to uh, I wanted to pick your brain on it, though. Do you think that Thiago Silva getting a red card is what led to this 5-2 thrashing with uh, with West Brom? Or do you think just any player on this team gets a red card and this game ends 5-2? Well, I mean, I think they could have prevented five goals. I mean, they're bound to concede a couple with the red card. You, they they threw on a defender when Thiago Silva got red card. Yeah, it was so Christensen. They kind of, yeah, they just sacrificed Ziyech and then put on a Christensen and... So they basically just sacrificed their attack and kind of parked the bus a bit. But even then, they still conceded five, so that was a bit um, questionable on their part. But yeah, I think no matter who went off, I think the result would have been the same. It kind of just seemed like one of those days where they just where everything was going for West Brom. I mean, it's not every day that Callum Robinson gets two goals and Matthias Pereira gets two goals and two assists. Like that's not a usual thing. What'd you think of uh, Pulisic scoring and getting subbed off? I mean, mind um, you, Pulisic got subbed off really he got, like he, he scored in the twenty seventh minute. He got injured. I don't think, but remember? it, w- I it didn't. Se- yeah, but it didn't seem that serious because I, I read a report saying that he might be clear for the next weekend. 
Well, no, it didn't seem serious, but he strikes me as a guy who gets so many injuries. He's just like, when it happens, when he feels a tweak oh, or anything, yeah. he doesn't take any chances. He's like, fuck like a it. Song. This guy literally walks on the field. He's like, starts jogging. He's like, oh, feel something in my thigh or my knee or whatever. And he turns to He's like, fuck like, it. Yeah. Sub me off, boss. I mean, it's not even it's not even that bad because like I mean, you sub out Pulisic, you fucking bring on Havertz, you sub out Jorginho, you put bring on Mount. I think yeah. that's an upgrade in both positions. So funny Fox. statistic too. I didn't even realize it. I'm pretty sure Callum Robinson now has five goals on Chelsea this season. You know, he got a hat trick last time they played, and he got two goals yeah. this game. <laughs> just... That's the thing, man. This guy doesn't even fucking start for this team. Yeah, because it's the I don't I, okay. I'm so sorry for any of the viewers. I can't pronounce this guy's name right. I think it's Diagne. Diagne. It is Diagne. Yeah. Yeah. He well. scored again, so he's playing well. He also I got wouldn't booked. say again. He's been blanked for like six or seven weeks now. He started off his no, first he's been, game for the club. He's been scored, decent. He's been all right. I won't say he's been awful, but like he's been a bit stale. But it's West Brom, right? They don't score much. So, yeah, they're fucking ass. But in in terms of the league, this was, I mean, you're playing the 19th place team. These are points you shouldn't be dropping for Chelsea, especially with how tight the race is. So this was a huge blow for them. But, I mean, at least they're flying in Champions League. That's the one positive from this <clears throat> week. Yeah, um, they, they thrashed Porto. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Champions League this episode? Or yeah. Or is that going to be just yeah, safe we'll for leave, a different one? Champions League will leave for the end. I uh, definitely want to touch upon those so that way uh, okay. we can set it up to talk about the second legs when they happen. But uh, who else? There's obviously, I mean, you want to mention Liverpool, Arsenal. Arsenal was just very flat Stale. on that day. Yeah. Stale? Bombing, yeah. Should I say Travis Scott didn't really come to play? <laughs> uh, they had him, Lacazette. I think, the, I think honestly, Arsenal's coming a bit over-dependent on Saka to bring the creativity you could tell they're missing them but yes and no because at the same time if you're so dependent on one player why are you not starting him he's injured <laughs> you don't think they'd be starting soccer if he's healthy i don't know i i didn't even know he was injured mind you i don't i don't read any arsenal news yeah he but was injured, i know i know so. fuck i know Cheerney got injured in that game yeah, so what do you make of that i know i know how much you love him he came out today, the article. He's out four to six weeks. Oh, so he's man, done. it's been awful. He got, what was his, uh, when he first got signed, he got a shoulder injury. He was out for like months. And then he got recently mid-season, he got a knee injury. And now he's got like, I think this one's another knee injury, but nothing like crazy, crazy. But still something that needs time to recover. So, but now I don't know. It seems like Callum Chambers is cemented spawn right back over Bellerin, so I'm assuming Cedric Suarez is going to go back on left back. But every single it's time I've be. seen him play, I've never been impressed by Cedric Suarez, especially because he's not he's right footed. So putting him on his offside, he's not he's not very good on that side either. So I yeah. also wanted to ask you, why is El Nani getting subbed on in this game? I think regardless, well, he got subbed on. El Nani is terrible. I think Arteta was just minimizing the damage at that point, giving players some minutes. I don't think there's so d- too much to overthink there. So, okay, so if we don't focus on Arsenal, what'd you make of Liverpool? Because, I mean, we could talk about me with Liverpool, but I'm kind of, I kind of have a bias considering Jota's the next coming of Jesus. 
Well, Jota's, I mean, the same question that I keep thinking to myself every, every week is how good Liverpool would have done this season if Jota stayed healthy the whole time. Because he seems, he seems like the like the one guy who just gets in the right spaces. Uh, Mane is con- continuously getting worse and worse by week, honestly, which is crazy to say. It's because he's, he's dropping I, back to get the ball more because Liverpool isn't advancing the ball enough. Yeah, if I was to say like the positives from Liverpool's point of view, Quebec and Phillips are kind of starting to gain a decent partnership between the two of them, understanding each other's roles and, and knowing where each other's going to be. So, I mean, the clean sheet against Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal had a bad day, but still bombing Lacazette, Pepe, you're defending in Odegaard. So, I mean, um, kudos to them for keeping a clean sheet. And then I thought Fabinho was, was great as well. So, a decent decent showing for them but and, i mean arsenal held out to like the 60th minute man they, they're actually doing decent in terms of def- defense but then liverpool just kind of found their found their mojo late well it's hard it's hard when one team scores two goals in four minutes yeah that's really hard to recover from right so i find that happens when a team like holds off another team for so long and then they concede that first goal sometimes it's just like a little it's the first one that just kind of breaks down the wall and then things just start popping in over and over. And that's exactly what happened. They got one. Next thing you know, they had three. So, yeah. I, yeah. No, it's true. I, it's, it, I think it's like a lack of concentration. So, like, you you let off for a bit. They score. Then you're like, fuck, we were, like, we were playing so well all game. And then they bang in another one. You're like, oh, shit. Now we have to go get one. And then you're pressing and the other team scores another one. I honestly Which is would be kind curious. of exactly what happened with Jota's second. I'd be curious to see when the last time Arsenal was beating Liverpool because I swear to God I've been watching like, I mean I I've always watched Arsenal like for the last six seven years but I've never like the past three years I've watched like majority if not all their games, and I don't remember the last time I've seen Arsenal beat Liverpool. It I think they seems... beat them last season, didn't they? Or they like or uh, maybe not in the league. I think that was in a cup game. Yeah, it was definitely but a cup. I swear it's just their bogey team, man. Every time it's just they get peppered. But I'm looking it up right now. Uh, that's definitely not right. This thing's saying the lot. When was the last time Arsenal beat Liverpool in the league? It says 1989. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, probably know that true. stat. That was actually legit. Yeah, no, we're just going to leave that at that. I'm not going to look it up. If any of our viewers can find that, please DM us on Instagram, at Kick and Chase Podcast. But, uh, yeah. Spurs tied up there. Newcastle, which is a huge point for Newcastle, but, like, just kind of an accumulation of Spurs results just being getting worse and worse. I mean, they, I think there's a stat there, like, one of the top teams in the league this year for conceding goals in the final 10 minutes. They just know how to blow a lead, man, like, every game. Like, Kane's pe- popping in two goals, and you can't hold that lead, especially against Newcastle. You're conceding to Joel Linton, and I forget who about this. It was Joe Willock. Just sloppy, like, come on. Well, the thing that I found interesting about that game is that Son had a very minor injury and they benched him for Lucas Mora. I'm so sorry, yeah. but Carlos Vinicius is terrible. 
he's well, useless. They, they said Son was fit enough to play, but yeah, I think Mourinho played it safe and subbed him on late, but it was clear that they needed the firepower in this one because Kane was kind of running the show and he had no support. Lucas Moore had a good game last week. This week he was kind of invisible. Vinicius, but then they played... Yeah. Then they played Giola Celso on right mid instead of Bale. And Bale is fully healthy. I uh, honestly, yeah, the Mourinho thinks he knows what he's doing, but it's just like, bro, just stick. Just play your best players, man. I don't know why you're this... trying to, like, he tries to complicate it like Pep, but he doesn't have the players to do that. Yo, dude, did you not see his back line? He played Regulion, who's gross. Then he played Joe Rondon. Who's I don't even know who he is. Yeah. Then he played Davidson sure. Sanchez, who's I love. Like I'm Colombian, I love Davidson Sanchez, but he's a liability if he's your best center back. And then he played Tanganga at right back. Yeah, he didn't play. I, I honestly, I think, I think Mourinho is starting to give up on Aurier, like just get cheese with him and stop playing him because Aurier has been such a like, he's been such a uh, player who kind of. He gets blown up in the media for a lot of mistakes, and he does a lot of stupid stuff, gets a lot of uh, bad fouls at bad times. Like I think he might be kind of trying to just play anyone other than Aurier, and Doherty's injured, right? So he went with Tanganga. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. That back line's a bit ridiculous. You're bound to get scored on with that back line. And on your bench, you have Dyer, I'm pretty sure, is on the bench. I'm pretty sure Harry Winks was on the bench, too. Lamella, who's like a def- he's not a defensive midfielder, but he gives you defensive stability. Musa Sissoko, I'm 99% sure was on the bench. I don't have the lineup in front of me, but I'm 99% sure Sissoko was there. Tank Anga, but I I think Rodon Rodon's awful from every game I've seen. So it should've been all the way out. And then I agree you're mentioning Sissoko. Like I don't think Sissoko's got many minutes at all this season. No, this this midfield, this should have been a 4-3-3. Lucas Moura should have been on the bench. Lo Celso should have been on the bench. The midfield should have been Hoiberg and Dombele and Sissoko. And, and maybe Ndombele in the fucking, in the advanced role. And Hoiberg and Sissoko kind of hold down the midfield and connect the defense to the mid. Then you have Kane in the middle, Son on the left, Bale on the right. That's got to be the team. Yeah. Because this team has nothing else, man. Like, the three subs in the game were Son, Bale, and Lamella. And they're taking off Lucas Mora, Carlo Vali- Carlos Vinicius, and Gio Lacelso. All it's, three guys that shouldn't be starting. Yeah, it's honestly as if he just swapped the guys and put on the people who should have started originally and just did yeah, it too Yeah, it's like he looked at his lineup. He's like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Okay, well, we'll just throw these guys on now and see what happens. Yeah. And even when they threw them on, they still conceded the second goal and ended up. Yeah, they conceded after those guys came on. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I think the only positive from this season for Spurs is Kane and Son just bringing their, um, I'm gonna say their form to a whole new level. I guess you could say. But the rest of the team is in shambles. Like. They need something. I don't know. It's the funny part is, is like Spurs is like that team who's their top six team, but like, like we mentioned before, I don't see anyone who like looks at Spurs as the team they want to go to, and I don't see who they can really buy that's gonna make this team like any better than what they are. Like, I'm really yeah. surprised Kane is not like left yet. I think there's well, a loyalty th- thing there, but 
I think I, I've been advocating for this since last season. I think Harry Kane's the best striker in the Premier League right now. I'd even put him above Aguero, and you know how much I love Aguero. But I'd put him above Vardy. I'd put him above all of them. I know last year for was sure. kind of an off year for him. Yeah. But I think Kane's the best striker in the Premier League. The thing is, his price tag to take him to another team for his age isn't really worth it within the prem so you kind of have to build around him but there's so many pieces missing on this team because the only cemented part of this team was the front three but then bale said he's going back to real madrid yeah, bale's leaving so it's just yeah i mean so I now you're fucked kane's kane's price tags easily 100 million more so, it's got to be 110 yeah, 120 I'm just, I'm just taking into account covid and saying Real, i mean yeah I realistically realistically this team hasn't bought anyone that i know we're spending a lot of time on spurs but this team hasn't bought anyone that's huge like big money wise in a while so yeah. what they should do is they should go out pay the money get Jaden sancho harry kane uh, Hyunmin Son, Jaden Sancho as your front three. Those guys will bang in goals like it, like there's no tomorrow. And then your midfield with Hoiberg and Dombele and Sissoko is perfectly fine. And you have Deli Ali if you can keep him. Yeah, so you can like... move Ndombele and Ali in there. And then you just have to work on your defense because Hugo Lloris is a great goalie. So this yeah, team, yeah. This they have the personnel great, to win the fucking Prem. It's too late, man. It's too late. This is for this, this team, season. Yeah, just think about it. All the world and all these guys have been here for years. Like their team was almost in better shape, uh, say three, four years ago when some of those guys were younger. I mean, now yeah, of case Son and Kane are at their highest level, but like they've had these guys for years now. Like, uh, if anything, I think it's time. I think people are gonna leave before anyone's brought in. Like, there's been a plenty of rumors already of Son going elsewhere. Bayern want him. Um, I'm pretty sure Real have put in a word saying they would buy him. Like, I don't see Son staying there, and I don't see Kane wanting to stay there. I just, I, I see more people leaving than people coming in at this point. Like, geez, Sancho's not going to Spurs, man. Give me a break, Sancho. That's what I'm show. saying, and it, and it's so tough because because Sancho's probably if he's going to any team, it's probably going to be United. Yeah. And United's already on a on good form, and you know what? I actually don't want Sancho to go to United because I like Greenwood. I think that front of Greenwood, Fernandez, Rashford, and any striker, because right now you have Cavani who always gets fucking injured. Martial isn't really doing it for you. They might end up getting Holland. I think Holland's still well, going to go to City. I don't think if he any goes anywhere. team right now is like Pep even said they can't afford Holland. I, don't, I honestly think that not many transfers are going to happen this summer. I think it's going to be more stale than people think. I don't, think, I don't think so, man. I think there's big money players that are going to go places just because they're big money. We'll see. But I want to get, let's not get too caught up on it. Uh, in terms of, let's go to, let's shift to the other last, second last London team. West Ham beat Wolves. Lingard's really, I mean, there's no, it's not like this is a, okay, he had a couple good games. He's going to fizzle out. Like, he's definitely the real deal. His dribbling is right now. His confidence on the ball is he, he clearly is he's striving to play his best and it's showing. Uh, he he made a mockery of Wolves 
midfield slash defense and was probably the sole reason they won that game. He's been tremendous out of everyone in West Ham, especially because Ballondor. Antonio, I wouldn't say Ballondor, but Antonio <laughs> went out early. Antonio's been a bit disappointing uh, in the past couple weeks. He got injured again. But Dude, yeah, this guy's a, he's they a walking even, med kit. Declan Rice didn't even play that game. They played Mark Noble and they still got the results. Dick. Um, that's that's the craziest thing about West Ham. They don't need Declan Rice. As good as Declan Rice is, having the defensive midfielders as Martin Noble and fucking Suchek, you're fine. Which is yeah. why they can cash in big on Declan Rice this summer. Because a team like Arsenal needs a Declan Rice. Because like no, Thomas Partey didn't didn't pan out he just didn't i i think thomas party did pan out. i think just the rest of the just the, the whole arsenal team's just not clicking right now i, I think party party's pretty pretty damn good i don't think rice is gonna change much um you think but yeah i west sam's really good right now i really hope they secure fourth or fifth so i can see them play in europa because i think they could give europa a good go if they don't lose anyone over the summer west ham yeah, but that was a good result for them. Last team in London, uh, Palace played Everton. Everton scored. James Hamas had a nice goal, but uh, get man, in Everton this year, bro. They cannot keep a clean sheet. Their life depended on it. All my Everton assets in in FPL have just been just trash because every single time you think they're gonna close out a game and they just concede. Uh, well, do you see? Uh, do you see Calvert Lewin's miss? I think from like I seven yards away, I might have missed that. I, I watched it kind. Yeah. So Dinier Dinier crossed it and it went to Calvert Lewin. It was a tough ball to control, but he controlled it first time and shot, and he sent it wide. And for me, Calvert Lewin in the first four weeks of the season scores that goal, but since he's blanked so often. And he's so inconsistent right now. His confidence fucked him, and he missed. And then he yeah, had another chance later on that he missed too. And these were peaches. Because I I mean, I'm going to say something very, very controversial right now. But I think the best center back in the Premier League is they're in line, literally bar, like, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but fucking pound for pound. Andy Robertson, Lucas Digne. I think those are the best left backs in the Premier League right now. Luke, what about Luke Shaw? I I don't know. I, see, that's the thing with Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw has been at United for how many years, and he's having a good season, but he hasn't proven it for me. Like, well, Robertson has proved consistency, it. sure. But yeah, like Robertson's proved it the past three seasons. Digne's proved it the past two seasons. Shaw's always been the kind of the weak link in the United defense where they've been trying to replace him, which is why they got Tellez, and then he turned it on this season, and now he's fine. So now you're like, oh my god, Luke Shaw's this player. But it's the same yeah. sort of thing that, that United's finding with Dean Henderson, where Dean Henderson's going off right now, but they're like, okay, do we want this guy to be our dude? Or do we want De Gea? It's kind of the same thing with Luke Shaw. Do we want this guy to be our left back? Or are we going to go find someone else? Well, I, right? think I think it's pretty clear that they want him to be their left back now. 
But I mean, yeah, I think those those three are definitely the top three in the league. But I mean, going back to Everton, I'm surprised you said look, that. Looking at the table right now, Everton's in eighth. I think if if Ancelotti's looking back on the season, I'd say he's probably disappointed with it because with the additions of James, Decore, um, Allen from the Italian league, I think they were striving to really get a higher place than usual this year like take that take their team to the next level and potentially get Europa or Champions League and push push the top six but they've they've honestly failed miserably between the uh, James injuries Allen's injury Calvert-Lewin kind of slowing down in form Richarlison only finding his form second half of the season he was pretty useless for the full first half and then yeah, their, he back was line, shit. their back line just can't keep a clean sheet if their life depended on it like Everton's season I'd say was kind of a failure in a sense they didn't even get go far in any cup cup um any of the cups either right so it's like uh, it's hard to find positives in their season other than I think their biggest positive might be Godfrey I think he's had a great season that was a great signing I I think he was a great buy yeah but he gave them them a, a lot of good I'm sure you agree on that, that they've been kind of, for what their ambitions were, they've been kind of poor. Well, this team, if you look at the talent for them, they should be fighting in that, that fifth, think, sixth spot, right? I think they and, sh- they're just as good as West Ham, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I agree. I think, I think they're just as good as West Ham, if not better, because I trust Ancelotti more than I tr- trust uh, David Moyes. I think... I think what separates them is I think West Ham plays more like a unit, and I don't know. They just seem like they have more cohesion between their group, whereas Everton's kind of more individual. Like, Richarlison likes to take his shots. Hamez, I mean, Hamez is pretty unselfish, but he likes to get it in attacking positions and get his chances as well. Well, like, like any time doesn't care, right? Anytime Hamez receives the ball within, like, 19 yards, his first instinct is shoot, Yeah. right? Which is the same thing as kind of like Bruno, except he's just not as good as Bruno. But yeah. my thing with West Ham, and I kind of wanted to touch on it in this uh, this episode, West Ham, out of these top, I'll say 10, 11 teams, I'll say top 11 teams in the Prem, are the only team that legitimately attacks directly the other team, if that makes any sense. You mean like Man the top City 10 teams? Of the top 11 teams. So Leeds, Arsenal, Villa, Everton, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, Leicester, United City. The only team that attacks directly the opposition is West Ham. Like Liverpool tries to play. Liverpool plays. Yeah, Liverpool plays this ball around. They you saw it in the Champions League. They hold on to it too long. They they try to get this chance. They try they try to create. Every team tries to create this perfect chance, right? Aston Villa just gives it degree. Except for I'd say Spurs are are pretty. I'd say say the only team in the top eleven that are all attack is Leeds. Every other yeah, team like, tries to go about, for the perfect, yeah, perfect, I, perfect attack. I, I can see that with City. I can see that with United a bit. But like, if you're talking about like all the attack, like no fucks given, just going forward, I'd say yeah, West Ham. I'd say 
Reapers are pretty ruthless like that too. They rely my on heavily on counterattack. But I can my problem with Spurs is the only thing with them is like like you said, they're all counterattack. Yeah. With what with West Ham, when they're attacking and they're in the attacking third, I've found at least in the past two months that if they get half a chance, one of their guys is cranking a shot at net. It's also whether it's it's also well, yeah because of Lingard too. I think you swap that, Lingard, and, and for, that's what uh, I'm saying. One of the other guys, uh, Lanzini, or even um, what's the, the the new guy? Uh, they'll come to me. oh Ben Rama. You swap Lingard for one of those two. I don't think they've been they would be as ruthless as they've been because Lingard no just it, pushes forward. But that that's what I'm saying. Their formation has been, and it was this last weekend. It's, uh, I mean, I don't have it exactly in front of me, so if you notice anything wrong, tell me. But it's been Antonio up top, who's a killer. As soon as this guy gets a chance, he takes it. Masuaku and Fornals. And both those guys, if you give them half a space, like half a second of space, they're shooting. I've been, I've been very impressed with Masuaku this season. Jesse Lingard's been a revelation. This guy, any chance he has, he shoots and it goes in. Or he makes the right decision. Suchek has how many goals this season? Like six? Five, Eight. six? Eight? There you yeah. go. Like this guy, this guy on, it, it's literally an on-site thing for Suchek. This guy gets a chance, he shoots. Martin Noble's the guy who kind of holds it down in the back. But to be fair, it hasn't even been like him really entirely this season. It's kind of been like a rotation thing. Where this guy just covers Aaron Aaron Cresswell is a fucking assassin on attack. This guy will pick you apart if you give him more than two seconds on the ball. Uh, we've been saying this guy's name wrong the entire season. Appar- apparently, it's not Kufal. Apparently, it's Sufal. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of. Uh, yeah, I had no clue. He's also an assassin. He whips in just as good, just as good balls as fucking Cresswell can. Just Cresswell has more attack on the back post than Sufal does on the, on the right side. And, I mean, between Diop, Dawson, and Fabianski, like, that's pretty decent at the back. And you have guys like Jared Bowen coming off the bench, who's fucking fast as fuck. Ben Rama, fast as fuck. Like, this team, I'm not seeing anything wrong with this team aside from this Antonio injury. Well, yeah, that's why I said it would be exciting to see him in Europa. But, um, yeah. Don't stay on like, your knees too long. We don't want to. <laughs> don't want to uh, talk them up too. I'm much. just, I'm just saying right now the hammers are super interesting. They've been so shit for so long. Kind of sucks. Well, I wouldn't say Antonio they've been shit. They're just kind of an average, and now like similar to Everton, they're trying to take that next step forward, and they're doing it better than Everton did. But anyways, okay, let's but, not spend too much. But, let's not spend too much time on it. Before we move on from West Ham, I want to ask you, do you go out in the transfer market and try to replace Antonio since he's so injury prone? Or do you just leave him? No, I'd leave it how it is. Do you try to get a backup then? Um, Do you get like an Ollie Watkins-esque player? Maybe if they can find the right person as a backup, but I I think they're they're fine. If anything, on the off day, they need to throw Bowen up top. I think they're good. Maybe if they're trying to really push for Europa and they want Pardon? more options, so they're not like overworking some of the, the main guys. Um, yeah, they could get an extra dude because they do have replacements in almost every position except striker. So it might be smart to do that. 
you could argue selling all air was stupid as well if you if you try and think about them needing a backup no but uh no anyways, let's was move so on. shit uh villa played fulham one three one that was pretty standard uh Three one, nothing, nothing surprising there. Ollie Watkins got on the board. Grealish was supposed to come back, but he didn't. That was interesting. I thought Grealish was gonna be be back for sure, and then I'm pretty sure Lookman picked up an injury, which is not good for Fulham considering they're pushing to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah, I think Fulham definitely could have gotten something more out of this one, but Lookman got injured. And now they're still not getting results that they need. With only a couple games left to scrape out of the relegation zone. Did you have any comment on Villa Fulham? Um, I know Trezeguet only scored his two goals. Like they were like something like five minutes apart, three minutes apart. I forget what it was. But I really liked what I saw from Trezeguet, and I, it was one of the only games I saw Ollie Watkins actually getting in like advanced positions that caused danger. Because Ollie Watkins usually just kind of plays as like a hold-up player. Kind of like a Calvert-Lewin sort of thing. But I don't know. This game, it seemed like Ollie Watkins was running more. He was running more off the back of the defender. The, the thing that I find with this Villa team is when they don't have Grealish playing, everyone moves way more off the ball. I don't know if you noticed that either. Yeah, because they have to, because they don't have Grealish to take the ball around. Yeah, I kind of like it, though. Like, I was a big advocate for Villa never selling Grealish. Just keep him and just keep pushing. But I kind of like this Villa team without Grealish. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Grealish. I think he's a great player. It's also Trezguet's first goals like in time. In a while. But he was a sub. Yeah. He was a sub. He didn't even start. He played for. He got subbed on for El Ghazi. So like, yeah, I, I I don't mind this Villa team, man. I don't mind this Villa team without Grealish. I think they can make some noise. Bertrand Traore, McGinn, El Ghazi, Trezeguet. You have Ross Barkley on the bench. This Keenan Davis yeah. guy who keeps getting subbed on always plays well when he goes on. Douglas Louise is solid. Like. Their defense is good. They have arguably the best goalie in the league right now. Yeah, that was definitely a good good three points to get. But they're another team that probably could have finished a bit higher. But eh, they're still probably finished where they should. What do you What do you uh, think of this team without Grealish? Do you think this was a bad. this is a one off, or do you think they're gonna keep climbing? Because what? Well, I mean, Grealish is back. He he actually was potentially starting this game, but he didn't. But He'll be back next week, if not the week after. So uh, they won't have to, they don't have to deal with playing without him. But I, I think they're fine without him. But it's it's pretty hard to argue against them being any better without him. He still adds a, an element of finishing that I don't think any of the players on Villa have. Grealish is by far the best finisher on the team. So I mean, there's but, not many yeah. players in the Prem that are better than Grealish. So yeah. I kind of agree. Southampton beat Burnley. I mean, let's just quickly fly through these last couple of results or rather get to the hot topics. Southampton greased the win against Burnley. Burnley, for for some reason, decided to finish uh, this week. Walker Peters, it was pretty just idiotic foul on 
uh, I think it was, I'm not sure who crossed the ball on. It might have been Wood, might have been the other striker, but just stupid foul nine minutes in. They ended up going 1-0 down. Chris Wood set up Vidra for volley, made it 2-0. And then Southampton kind of climbed their way back through Ings and Armstrong. Kind of slow. Considering Burnley's standards for defense, I thought they were pretty sloppy letting in uh, Ings' second goal and even the first goal. I think Burnley, considering they're up 2-0, was pretty... I'm sure Sean Dice was... Sean Dice was cheesed that um, they didn't just close it out. I mean, if there's any team in this league that can close out a win after going up, it's Burnley, man. They parked the bus like no other. So I think this was kind of disappointing for them. Um, what else? City played Leicester 2-0. I think this was kind of just routine. Yeah, Leicester is missing Barnes. Vardy's out of form. Madison was said to be fit, but just didn't play. So... It was. I think it was pretty. I think it was gonna happen. City was gonna win this one, but Leicester's definitely struggling without their top guys, and especially Vardy's. Vardy's kind of going under the radar right now, but he's been. He hasn't scored much as of late, so that's kind of. It's not really good for Leicester right now, considering they're four points up on fourth place, and there's like six or seven games to play. So, um, they're gonna want Vardy scoring now if because i mean there's six games left right it's do or die if they want champions league football he's got to start scoring so but yeah pretty routine win for city and then the only game we haven't talked about was leeds sheffield and leeds i mean kind of made light work of sheffield not much there sheffield was has been poor i mean just no life being shown there I, uh, their strikers are just not doing anything threatening especially because of how how um, shaky leads are at the back and how many teams will put in goals on them but Sheffield couldn't do shit and then Bamford was tidy and got got on the score sheet again and Rafinha set up Harrison for a little sweat so I mean another standard win for Leeds as well what do you, what but, do you make of this Leeds team because I'm very confused on this Leeds team I don't know what to uh, expect week in week out it's either a great I performance think, or a terrible performance I think they're just a mid-tier team. I think they definitely belong in the Prem, but they just have a long way to go. The defense is... You can't have guys like Stuart Dallas playing striker when he's playing center back, and then you're, you're playing them all over the place. I don't know. It's Their team, I, I want to say it's a little early to judge them too much. Their team that's developing, it's their first season in the Prem in time. Like Let them let them kind of grow as the years go on, right? So I mean, they're, they're finishing 11th. That's pretty good. For first year. So I'm not going to put you on the spot and tell you what you would change from this team because there's a lot of things that need work. But what goalie do you think is an actual viable option to replace Meslier? Because Meslier is not the goalie for this team. I I mean, it's hard to ask anyone that, right? Because it's pretty easy like to say for a top team, like say like, Okay, say we're talking about Real Madrid. It's like, oh, who could, who should Real Madrid get as a goalie? You're obviously going to look at the top prospects. It'd probably be, say, De Gea. But, like, when it comes to, like, lower teams, they're not going to get the big dogs, right? So, like, it's it's most likely going to be, like, a lower lower tier, like, more unknown goalie that, like, actual scouts are looking out for. For, like, the average viewer to predict which goalie it is is kind of far-fetched. You know what I mean? Like, it's most... Like, I don't think you even knew who Meslier was before the season. Do you think they're going to get a big name to replace him? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I had so. I had two names pop into my mind when I was thinking about this question. I thought 
uh, someone like Mandanda should probably go here. Or the, the Ajax goalie. What about Onana? I think Onana hey, on Leeds would be very know, interesting. You know, Leeds, Leeds has Real's backup goalie, or old backup goalie too, Kiko Casilla. Kiko Casilla is uh, trash, people. man. But he, I mean, I thought he, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's better than Mesley, and they haven't even given him the light of day. I'm surprised. But yeah, he's another option. I mean, give him a chance. Arsenal gave Martinez a chance, and look where that got That's them, true. So. That's a good point. But let's uh, let's move on. It's definitely enough talk about those games. Uh, I was I brought up the golden boot and the most assists for the league because I mean we're getting to the uh, back end of the season here. Uh, it's coming down to the wire. People are going to be cashing in the awards within the next eight seven weeks. So Kane's let's in go. first right now, and nineteen goals. Salah's buddy. Kane's in first right in both. Him. Yeah, Kane's in first for both. I think. I think it's pretty obvious the goals are going to come down to Salah or Kane. And I think with the form of... I mean, I think Kane is in better form than Salah, but if anyone scores on Liverpool every week, it's Salah. So well, I mean, Kane also, has an, Kane also has one more game in hand. But from their... Uh, from the teams themselves, you're really just going to count out Bruno Fernandes for Bruno Fernandes like that considering the amount of pens man you gets and the amount of chances he creates yeah I think uh, I count him more so for assists but I don't think Bruno is going to get enough goals by the end but I'm, I'm just looking at it now Spurs I think Salah has the advantage for the golden boot because Spurs play United Everton Southampton mm-hmm uh, Sheffield, Leeds, Wolves, Villa, Leicester. I mean, there's some below-tier teams there and a couple good ones, but I, I'm pretty sure Salah has the easier of the fixtures between the two of them. So, I mean, it's I mean, the only to lose. The only tough team Salah has to play, realistically, is, is United. United. That's the only yeah, tough team. So. He, should, he should be able to score one against Villa. Like, aside from that, no one else. I mean, Kane has to face United, Everton. They're not playing on game week thirty-three, so that's gonna that's gonna hurt his chances. And his last game of the year is against Leicester, which like that's Casper Schmeichel's no goalie to be laughing at. And the game before that, it's against Villa, so Emmy Martinez is no goalie to be laughing at either. So okay, so who do you do you pick Salah? Uh, fuck. I think I'd still go with Kane just because he's been in the better form this season. I think he'll hold it out. I think I because might have to go with like Salah. It was it was between Salah, most... Kane, and Fernandez for me. Because you also have to think too. Most of the times when Salah scores, he has one goal games. Kane usually gets them in bunches, especially this season. So yeah, I I, I think he's he's gonna hold it out in terms of assists. What do we got here? Kane on 13. Next is Bruno on 11. KDB on 11. Son on 10. Grealish on 10. It's not going to be Grealish. It's probably no, it's not, not going to be Grealish. Son's in the mix. I think... I don't think Kane will hold on to this one. I think Bruno or De Bruyne is going to sneak up and take it. My pro- sure. See, the thing that makes this interesting is that Kane isn't playing game week 33 and neither is City. So they're not getting points yeah, but there it's not anyways. Like it's not, it's, yeah, but it's not like it's not getting made up for. They're going to still get They're going to have to figure it out, but that's going to that's gonna jam up one game week, which with, the, with I'm, now... I'm pretty sure the reschedule has already happened. But uh, for April. This game, I don't think this game's being played in April. This game's being played in May. 
you also uh, i'm not sure if you're looking at the picture right now look at kdb's games played compared to the other ones that's nuts he's six behind fernandez and he's tied i mean well just yeah there's, that, I there's no kdb to win it there's no question kdb is the best playmaker probably in the world my problem with kdb and why i might pick bruno above him is playing time with the amount of competitions well not even it's the fact that you got villa at the end of the month that's a tough team you got chelsea in 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 like the you know second second week of may right at the start that's gonna be tough then you have everton as your last game and you have a makeup yeah, game it's the best team in the league so i mean i think the only thing that's holding kdb back is potentially being benched for rotation and to maintain fresh legs for all the competition yeah they're aiming for champions league they're aiming for fa cup they're, aim- they're aiming for all the trophies this year so if, if i think bruno set up the most to win it exactly but if kdb gets the appropriate playing time he's winning it because just just with the games played 30 to 24 and they have the same amount of assists yeah the Bruyne on paper should win it. it's just going to be pep roulette that decides it in my 100 percent. and then this this whole cane at the top kind of thing now we have Mourinho roulette to deal with as well even yeah. though Kane's probably the first name on the team sheet he's not going to hold on to it no no player in the world aside from maybe Messi. no aside from Messi, it's them too is is as good a playmaker as kdb so I I think I I don't know I still think Fernandez takes it just because KDB has so many different competitions they're fighting for. So I think it's gonna be Fernandez for assists. In terms, of, I mentioned I put a question down here for fourth, fifth, and sixth. It's getting extremely tight. West Ham, Chelsea, Spurs are all in thirty games. The three points apart. The form. I mean, Chelsea just lost their first game in a while. They have Champions League to focus on. Spurs are all on the Premier League right now. It's it's tough to say who's gonna fit, and then you have Liverpool with a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the season. It's it's pretty nutty. It's gonna come down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Leicester's gonna hold on, but I'm not gonna lie. I could see Leicester crumbling potentially, it's, bro. With, I don't with how much. I don't even think Leicester. I don't even think they get top five. I'm. I see Leicester completely be, crumbling, man. I could see it being Chelsea, Liverpool stealing third and fourth. I mean, that's a it's a bold statement, but I mean, if you look at the points right now, it's very tight. And I think if Liverpool pulls up their socks, gets their shit together, wins majority of the last eight seven games, I think they pull top four. And I think Chelsea does. If not, it'll be West Ham. But I, I don't think, especially if Antonio's injured again, I don't think West Ham pulls it off. Well, hear me out here on the Liverpool point. I think Liverpool sneaks into third solely because you just lost to Madrid 3-1 in the Champions League. Yeah, you got the away goal, whatever. Madrid didn't have either of their starting center backs playing, and you still lost 3-1. So if I'm Klopp, I'm like, you know what, man? After seeing PSG play today, after seeing how Bayern played against PSG... You know what, man? And fucking even Dortmund, the way Dortmund played against City, they played so well. Any team that played this week, aside from probably Porto because they were ass, would probably have beaten Liverpool. So if I'm Klopp, I'm saying fuck it, the Champions League, we're getting third place, and they have to they have to put all their mob all their marbles on that because 
I think I agree with you. Antonio missing for West Ham. I think that drops West Ham out of top four. I think they still hold on to fifth though. But I think it's yeah, going. So. I think it's going to be Liverpool third, Chelsea uh, fourth, because I see Chelsea still stumbling that, along the way. I hope Spurs don't snag Europa from West Ham. That'll suck. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there's there's definitely lots of potential there. Um, in terms of the other side of the table, I had down here. It's 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 pretty obvious. It's it's either gonna be Newcastle or Fulham. Just holding on, <laughs> and I put a screenshot here of Newcastle's final weeks. I think this upcoming weekend's big for them because Burnley, out of all their games left, they have they're some tough games. They play Arsenal, they play West Ham, they play Liverpool, they play City and Leicester. I'm most likely all those are going to be losses. So really, their only chances for points are against Burnley, Sheffield, and Fulham in the last week. And if they don't beat Burnley this weekend, and I think Burnley's in pretty good form right now, Woods Woods scoring and, and Vidra's doing well. So, I mean, I don't see them beating Burnley. So it's really going to come down to the last two weeks of the season for them to scrape up any points. So you're saying so, they're going to scrape up points against United and Newcastle? No, I'm saying well, we're talking about Newcastle. I thought we were talking about Fulham. I'm, no, this is Newcastle. Oh, well. I think Newcastle's only going to scrape great points against Sheffield and Fulham in the last two weeks of the season so that opens the door for Fulham but if I look at Fulham's fixtures Fulham plays Wolves, Arsenal, Chelsea Burnley, Southampton, United Newcastle so they have it just as hard it's it's going to be interesting and the funny part is too is Fulham Newcastle's a game in hand so Fulham's definitely up against it but I think they have the tools to do it, but although Lookman apparently, I'm pretty sure Lookman's just got picked up an injury, so I mean, it's gonna be tight. You know what my kind of sleeper thing is right now? What? I honestly see both those teams being safe and Brighton going down. Cause I didn't even look at that. Where's Brighton? Brighton's, Brighton's just above. I think they're in fifteenth. Uh, sorry, sorry, sixteenth. They are three points ahead of newcastle right now same amount of games played and brighton's next games are everton chelsea then they have sheffield and then after sheffield they're they're, the final parts of their season are leeds wolves west ham man city arsenal yeah, I disagree. I think they'll hold on. Uh, I Brighton, don't know, like man. The other two have Brighton has too many assets compared to Fulham well, and Newcastle that they'll stay up between Dunk, Trossard, uh, Welbeck, Mape, Pascal Gross with good delivery on set pieces. I think they're fine. Ben White's class, Veltman's decent. I, don't uh, I know. think. So, I think those. So wait, who do you who do you think drops then? Who do you think is taking I think that? I am a firm believer Newcastle's going to drop. I think Fulham will pull it off. So let me... But let, without Luckman, it complicates it. Let me pick your brain here then. So you have Newcastle dropping. So you're saying Fulham's going to climb out of relegation. Mm-hmm. Brighton's going to stay afloat. And Newcastle's going to go into 18th. So yeah. what I think is going to happen, Brighton's going to drop points against Everton and Chelsea. So that's back-to-back weeks they drop points. So they're going to stay at 32 points. Newcastle is probably going to get a point against Burnley, if not win. I think it's going to be a draw. 
and they're probably going to drop points against West Ham. So right there, they close the gap on Brighton by one, which gives Brighton a two-point gap. Then Newcastle has Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, City, which they're probably going to drop all those four games, but then have Sheffield and Fulham, which they can easily win. But Brighton is probably going to drop Leeds, West Ham, City, and Arsenal, which are another four games, and they have a better chance of dropping Wolves than Newcastle. I mean, I I don't know. I think it's going to come down to Brighton, Newcastle, and I think Brighton's going to go down, man. I think I think it's I think okay. Newcastle well, I mean, can save this with Fulham and Sheffield as your last two games. If Fulham and Sheffield are your last two games and the other team's last two games are City and Arsenal, like you might be safe. Yeah, but I think Brighton will get the points prior to that. Judging by the schedules, it's going to come down to the last couple games for Newcastle and Fulham and I think like Sot said, it's going to come down to the last game of the season. I think Fulham, Newcastle, May 23rd will be the deciding point. I think it'll be whoever wins takes home. And um, Safety. I think next next year is going to be probably, I said it before, I think next year the Prem is going to be one of the best in terms of a spectacle it's ever been because if you've, I don't know if you followed the championship, but Norwich is on the way up. Yeah. Um, Watford's on the way back up. It's, I'm hoping Brentford wins the playoff and Brentford comes up. It's going to be nice. Pookie will be back. Uh, this guy on Brentford, Tony, has got a lot of eyes around Europe. Yeah. 29 goals this season. So it's it's uh, I'm excited for it. And I, I won't be pissed if Newcastle goes down because it's another sleeper team that just, I hate watching. So yeah, I'd rather true. replace them with a more exciting squad. So. It's true. Let's... Let's move on, finish off on Champions League. We don't have too much time here. I don't want to make it go too long, but I think it's pretty obvious Chelsea's going to wrap up the matchup against Porto. They won 2 nothing today, I believe, at Stanford. No, no, actually, even better. It was, it was, it was in away. Portugal. I don't think it was in Portugal. I'm not sure if you're allowed to play in Portugal. Well, right like, now, I yeah, what I mean, it's like Porto was technically home. Yeah, yeah, I think it was in Spain. But they won two nothing. I didn't watch that game. I couldn't be asked. I was obviously gonna watch the other one, Bayern, um, Paris. It's it's. I've always had an issue with that. I, I hate how they always play them at the exact same time. Oh, buddy, you just gotta have you just gotta have the fucking dual monitors going. That's all you yeah, need. I know, but it's like <laughs> I wouldn't mind. What I can enjoy watching Chelsea. I, it's, it sucks that it plays at the same time because I'm pretty sure ninety percent of the people are watching the Bayern PSG game. One hundred. In terms of that one, I think. Um, Hansi Flick kind of got the lineups wrong. He, they go down two nothing. He he subs off Goretzka for Alfonso Davies. Puts Theo Hernandez in the middle. Puts Alfonso Davies on left back. Puts Alaba in the midfield, and then he also takes off Sule for Boateng. He basically rearranged the whole back line uh, besides Pavard, which to me. Just seem like why don't you do that from the very like why don't you start it like that? Because I'm pretty sure Sule's been on the outs, like he hasn't been the favorite center back this season. So I don't know why they didn't start Theo Hernandez with Alaba in the middle. I know they're short, but like I think that would have been their better pairing. And then start Alfonso Davies for the pace on the left side. And also they took off Goretzka twenty five minutes in because they're down two nothing. And arguably I think he was their most threatening player at the at the start, excuse me. So 
that didn't make sense to me. I thought they were clinical though. Chupo Moting, gross header, uh, strikers finish, insane header. I mean, for his, I mean, not many people give him the respect. Uh, I put respect on his name for good reason. He's not that great of a player, but that finish was world class. Muller, uh, right place, right time, scored for them. But the, at the end of the day, the the big money players for PSG showed up. Mbappe took his chances, and Bayern was sloppy at the back. Uh, and that turned out to be the um, deciding factor. Neuer should have saved the first goal. Very sloppy for his standards. But um, it's going to make for a very entertaining second leg because you have to remember this was in Munich. That's three away goals now for PSG. So it's going to be a nutty second uh, leg because Byron's going to have to put it all on the line. They can't tie because they'll lose on away goals for sure. So The craziest yeah. thing about this, though, is... Do you think Bayern's out? No. I don't either, man. That's the thing. And even with Dortmund, I know we'll probably touch on Dortmund later, I still don't think Dortmund's out. I think when you have players like Lewandowski, like Holland, who are playing with so much confidence, these guys can bang in a hat-trick. But Lewandowski, they they haven't said Lewandowski's out for the second leg. He said he's he said he's trying to get back ahead of schedule, but I'll tell you his him missing is a massive issue because they got twenty six shots today, and they would have finished a lot more if he was on the pitch. He was definitely a, a huge factor. Is Nabry injured? Byron would have won easy today. Nabry got COVID, so Nabry's so back for the next Nabry. game. He's back for the next game though. Hopefully, they lost Nabry. They lost Lewandowski. They were. Uh, PSG was without Bernat, Florenzi, Verratti. There's a lot of players missing. The, this whole Champions League quarterfinal round had a lot of players missing. Real was missing Ramos, Varane. Um, I'm not sure for Liverpool. I mean, I'll, besides the obvious ones, I don't yeah, they, they weren't missing enough, anyone. They weren't missing. They were missing Henderson, Van Dijk, uh, Matip, Chelsea like just really, the normal players. Chelsea and City were really the only ones who were. I think Dortmund was missing a... I'm pretty sure Dortmund was fully healthy. For the most part. Uh, No Sancho. No Sancho. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Jude Bellingham played amazing. So, didn't really affect them at all. I think... But to... What do you think the final... What do you think the second leg score is going to be? You might as well wrap up Bayern. I think they come back and win in in, in Paris. The aggregate right now is 3-2 with three away goals in Germany. I think Bayern makes it interesting. And I think they win I think they win the next game 2-1. But I think with a PSG team with Navas, with Neymar, with Mbappe, all these weapons, I don't see you I don't see you popping this team off 3-0. There's no way, Bayern, man. If if Lewandowski's back, I think Bayern wins. 3-1. I still don't think so. I still don't think so, man. Like okay, Lewandowski's well, so good, just... but you know, you know, Lewandowski's gonna catch one on the other uh, on one end if he scores. I mean, if he plays, 
but you know either Neymar or Mbappe is going to pop one in on the other side. There's no way this team gets yeah, shut I out. Yeah, get, I get. I think PSG will get one. It's it's really at the end of the day, we know Bayern's going to score. It's a matter of how many they concede, and um, I think they could do it if they keep it to one goal conceded. I think they can win it three one because even today they sh- they should have scored more. Bayern was all over PSG, and if actually you know what we're not we're what we're missing is, which I failed to mention already. Is Marquinhos in- injured himself after scoring? Yeah. If he's not back in the second leg, PSG's gonna get peppered. They will. T- they're a totally different team without Marquinhos. He's very crucial to their back line. He's crucial, you but I think I think Kempembe Kempembe can do just as well. I think Kempembe is better than Marquinhos. Kempembe's good. No, Marquinhos is better. You think so? Marquinhos. I, I love Kempembe. Top three in the world right now. Whoa! In terms of that's bold. Yeah, he's up there. That's bold. There. So Let us know on Instagram. Diaz. Let us know on Instagram what you guys think. Is Marquinhos a top three center back in the world? I think so. But anyways, I think Bayern will come back win three one. But I agree with you. It's 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 flip of a coin. It could go either way. They both have plenty of firepower. So yeah, I I think let's, let's, I think with fucking I think three away goals is too much for them. But yeah, you want to move on to Liverpool. Yeah, going back to Anfield, I mean, they're going to have to have a little miracle there. Uh, I think Real Madrid has a winning formula. They have plenty, they have more experience than most teams. They have class in their squad. Cruz, Modric, Benzema's been doing it year after year, scoring goals. Vincius Jr. is going to be on probably the most confidence he's been in time after scoring two. I think this one, if you're talking about Bayern having a chance of coming back, I think Liverpool has even more difficult especially with their form yeah yeah i don't know if you see it differently it's gonna be hard i uh i don't see unlike barca i don't see real choking i'm real doesn't have that in their blood man they don't choke like barca does everyone knows i'm a massive liverpool fan um but man i i did not like what i saw this week like the team was completely flat uh, I said this. I think people are being too hard on Trent, um, because they're kind of thinking Trent needs to lock down the center and the right side at the same time, which is just not accurate. Uh, but that being said, Vinicius, I know like this is usually a term that's used for defenders when they have someone in their pocket, but Vinicius had Trent's number the entire time, like. Any anything this guy did was was gonna was coming off because Trent just could not defend him. I don't see that happening again. Vinic- this was Vinicius. Ah man, this was top two games for Vinicius in a Real Madrid jersey. Um, I think their their only issue they have to worry about is Benzema popping one in. On the other end, I think yeah. they I think they can control Asensio. I just, I don't know, man. Nat Phillips and fucking whoever else they put, Quebec, Davies, whoever they fucking choose to put there. I think it's Quebec. It's going to go in there. Just fucking stay as close to Benzema as you possibly can. Cause they you, should also start their lineup a bit different. They started uh, Keita and Wijnaldum. I think they need to start Fabinho and Tiago from the jump. Nah, Jota needs to start. It's got to be. Needs to start from the jump. You gotta play. You gotta play Firmino, Jota, Salah, Mane. There's the four Honestly, guys. Honestly, I think they should do a four-two-three-one again because of they're down three-one. I would play Tiago, Fabinho, and then do um, Firmino and then in the ten rule. 
Machota. I wouldn't. I honestly, I love Tiago, but I wouldn't even play Tiago. I'd play Wijnaldum. Maybe even Ashinola. Probably yeah, Genie and Fabinho because if because of that, when you play that formation, those two at the in front of the back line have to be defensively sound, and Tiago is probably not the best person. Yeah, I think I think Genie was our so. best player last game. Like, the, did you see the memes of him when for the second goal he's literally just standing on the spot? Yeah, yeah, but it's that. whatever. Because the problem with that is that like they're they're focusing on Genie on that second goal, but it's like there's so much that went wrong on that second goal that you can't just blame Genie. You can't just blame Trent. There's so yeah. much that went wrong on that goal. The entire team was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Allison should have also saved. Allison should have saved the fucking third goal. Don't even get me started on that. I could have saved that. I could have saved that goal. But the thing with this team in this game was everyone was taking more touches than you had to. Perfect example. I know it's the end of the game. But, okay, let me put the situation to you. You're down one goal away. So if you score a goal, it carries even more value. If there's 10 seconds left in the game and you're in the middle of the field, what are you doing? You're trying to get this thing as far up the field as you possibly can to one of your players, right? Yeah. Shakiri stayed on the ball for eight seconds looking for an option. And he had Trent wide open on the right or Robertson and Mane wide open on the left. Like, this is just, this is like a summation of what was going on that entire game. Everyone was holding onto the ball for way too long. They passed it to Salah. Salah would take fucking five touches before he even decided what to do. Mane would take three, four touches. Jota was the only one who was fucking playing the ball quickly. It was Jota, Genie, and Robbo. Because even Trent. Like, I, I love you. Like, I love Trent. But your role in this team is to either ping the ball across the field to Robertson or whip it into the box. You should not be taking more than five touches anytime. And this guy, there was there was five plays where uh, I can remember where Trent would take six, seven touches. And you're like, dude, you're a fucking right back. Pass the ball. Just pass it. Get the yeah. defense moving. Like everyone held onto the ball. When they played the ball quickly, they actually broke down Madrid. And you have to remember, Madrid has a guy like Casemiro there. Like, this guy's going to break down anything you go in the midfield if you take too long. And then next game, they're going to have Ramos and they're going to have Varane. So it's only going to get harder for you. So I don't think Liverpool can come back from it solely because of that. But I... I I think you put it any other teams, I think they have a chance. But I think, like I said, Real Madrid's about winning in their blood. I think think they'll hold this one out for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, there's some magic out of Anfield, but that magic's kind of faded this season, so I don't see it happening. Well, not even. But, like, you have a guy like Ramos captaining a, t- captaining a team, and this guy's won three Champions Leagues in a row. Like, yeah, it's, do, you, do you really think Ramos is going to let this team lose? There's no fucking way. No. Like, this guy is going to do well, lastly, it. Lastly, let's, let's wrap it up. City, Dortmund... I saw some glimpses of, like, I mean, I think Dortmund was in it throughout the whole thing. They had their chances. Holland wasn't as active as he usually is, but Holland got a couple chances where he kind of got the ball caught up in his feet. He probably could have finished his dinner on maybe two occasions, but they're also, like, very tight chances where he has to have everything perfect. But, I mean, 
they come out of Manchester losing 2-1. They got robbed of a call that should have been a goal. Yeah. And Two. they were sloppy they were sloppy on both goals. They're like classic city goals where they passed around the 18 and just kind of sweat it. Both both goals were the exact same thing, a sweat first De Bruyne then folded. I think if you look at it as a whole, I think that not a bad performance for Dortmund if Hummels and Chan weren't Chan didn't turn over the ball in the midfield and was a bit tighter at the back. I think it could have went the other way. And as solid as City's defense is, Holland gave them problems. So I think this one's not settled for sure. I think out of I think Dortmund's definitely got a chance, and they're going back to Germany. And City's going to feel the pressure because they've they've failed in the past so many times against shitty clubs when they've been the favorites and i mean this is just another prime example and if they slip up i could easily see Dorman sneaking this one away um i have it's gonna be i have two questions here uh first i guess since you were just talking about city i'll talk about city do you think bernardo silva starts striker next game do you think it's jesus do you think it's aguero who do you think's up top i think it's kdb in a false nine I'm pretty sure that's how they did it. This no, right Bernardo was, Silva was the striker. KDB was right in behind him. They played four two three one, and it was KDB, Mares, Foden, and then Silva up top. It will be. I think the, it will be KDB in a false nine, if not Jesus up top. So who, because KDB was literally everything in this game. He probably he had one of his best games this season. He was everywhere, set up every play. So do you It'll think? Be, do you think KDB goes striker? Foden goes in behind KDB, and they put Sterling back in. No, I think it will be a. It'll be a four through three, Rodri, Gundawan, and someone else, and then KDB, Foden, Mars up top, if not Sterling on, or KDB in the midfield. I'm just saying false nine because KDB is probably their most most lethal player, and and Pep likes a false nine, but it would make most sense to go Sterling, maybe Foden up top. With Mars on the right, and then De Bruyne, Rodri, a good one, but it's it's Pep Ben. You never know what he's gonna do. Okay, and then my second question: So Dortmund decided to play this guy. Don't even know who he is. Knauf, right Nof. Yeah. I, I literally heard the commentator call him two different names during the game. So I honestly have no clue how to fucking say this guy's name. And to be honest, I'm not gonna be. I'm. I don't mean to be mean. I don't really care. But why was Gio Reyna not playing? What do you think? Yeah, they had like three or four guys who could have played. Thorgan Hazard, Julian Brand. Like, I don't know what the Dorman uh, manager was thinking with this one. Kind of just tomfoolery, for the lack of a better term. Just absolute, just a stupid decision at this point. Like, you're it's a Champions League quarterfinal and you're playing a guy who hasn't had like more than 100 minutes this season so yeah so i'm i'm gonna put i'm gonna put my two cents in here because i know we have a few Dortmund listeners um i think this fucking uh ansgar knauf knauf whatever the fuck he is this guy's got to find a nice comfortable seat on the bench he's got to get the fuck out of there you got to put royce on the right and hazard on the left because I don't like Hazard down the right, and I think Royce can do well on the right, even though he did score when he played on the left. And I think you have to. Yeah, it's not it's not rocket science. Yeah, what you they got have to do. You got to I mean, play your four three three. Got to play your four three three with Chan, uh, Chan and Bellingham as the two at the back, 
and it's got to be Gino Gio Reyna right behind Holland, and that has to be your your lineup. And then if I'm City, I'm coming out with the exact same team I just came out with. Maybe Kyle Walker makes way for someone else. I don't, I really don't care, but honestly, I could see Kyle Walker playing again, and I'm putting Aguero up top because if there's anyone who knows how to make how to finish his dinner, it's Aguero. And yeah. all you need if you're City is one goal. You nick one goal in, in Germany, and that's going to fucking deflate Dortmund. Because as good as Holland is, sorry, man, you're the second best player on the field. KDB is the best player on the field. So he's going to he's gonna find a way to score at least one, you, whether it's setting, up, setting him up, whatever it is. But I, I didn't like how Dortmund... I know the last goal was a switch and they kind of laid it off to Foden. So it was kind of bang, bang. But how are you leaving a guy so unmarked in the box? Foden was wide open. That's what I'm saying. Their back line's not very good. They need to sort it out the back. That's been dormant all season. They, Hummels is past his prime. Chan isn't a natural center back. It's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, it's pretty obvious Dorman needs to put their adequate players on up top and they need to sort it out the back but i mean like i said that's why i think it's a decent result 2-1 away to manchester with the lineup they had i I give them kudos but i mean we should sum it up we're going a little long If, if if you're looking at the four games right now besides the porto one i think everything's up for grabs in the second leg i i mean obviously liverpool probably have the biggest hill to climb after um porto but I think those three games are all up for grabs, and we'll see who um, who's the better pick over who's the better of the two in the second leg after the 180 minutes are up. Okay, so collectively, so quickly before we sign off here, because like you said, we're getting we're getting pretty long here. Who do you think wins the leg? I'm just gonna name the I'm just gonna name the matchup. You tell me who: Madrid, Liverpool, Madrid, City, Dortmund. I'm going to throw a curveball and say Dorman upsets them. PSG Bayern. I think Bayern comes back. Chelsea Porto. That'll be, I think Chelsea's going to win that like 5 nothing collectively. Okay, so you think they're going to smash them. Okay, so uh, quickly, this is the other thing I wanted to do. What do you think the score of the Real Madrid-Liverpool is right now? On aggregate, it's 3-1. I think Liverpool wins... Maybe two one. So you think the so it'll be four four three four three okay. Yeah, what about City Dortmund? It's two one right now, City. Because uh, you say Dortmund's gonna win, yeah, so man. actually, yeah, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. I think City wins two one again, but in Germany. Okay. So four two. What about Bayern PSG? It's 3-2 right now for PSG. I said it already. I think Bayern wins 3-1. 3-1. So you're saying the it's going to be 5-4. Yeah. And it's Chelsea tight. Chelsea Porto, you said it's going to be a 5-0. So you tight. think Chelsea wins 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. yeah. Okay, quickly, I think Liverpool is going to win. Uh, Actually, no. I think Madrid's going to win this leg. Uh, I think it's going to be 4-3. Uh, Man City Dortmund, I think Dortmund's going to win. And I see the, I see this being a uh, yikes. Uh, I think another four three. I think Dortmund's gonna have to pop three past them. 
Uh, PSG Bayern, I think PSG holds on. I think this leg's going to finish 5-4. And Chelsea Porto, I think this leg's going to finish 4-1. Uh, yeah, not a bad show. Well, all right, well, we got, uh, what is it, week? I don't have the week down. I think we're in week 31 or 32 of the prep. Week 30. 31. We're on week 30. Well, week 30 just oh, passed. Okay. Well, we got Prem coming on uh, Friday. We got Europa tomorrow. The second legs are coming in two weeks for Champions League. Or is it next week? I don't think it's that quick. I think it's two weeks. I think right? it's two weeks, yeah. So we'll talk about the second legs, obviously, when they happen. But for now, we'll stick back to Prem for the next episode next week. But, uh, yeah, until then, um, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah.